up, everybody? My name is James D. Fiore, and this is Black Bolt. It is the Black Bolt Sunday Report. I am here once again with David Wallace, who will be joining me in a moment. Now, we have to take a breather here for a second, because I know a lot of people out there are not big fans of the Conservative Party of Canada, and I understand why. I happen to be not a big fan of them as well. And while I'm not drawing in equivalencies, so please don't hit me with that, I'm also not a real big fan of the Liberal Party or a lot of Liberals in general. And I'll tell you why. There is a blind spot that uh, I am seeing, and this isn't new to anyone who's watched the show before, but there is a blind spot that I'm seeing when it comes to the way that we allow our partisanship to dictate how we look at politics in general. Um. I don't have that problem in the sense that I don't have a favorite party. Does that mean that I think all parties are equal? No. And I really wish I didn't have to keep saying that. But I posted this earlier today. It says, every decade or so in Canada, the ideological pendulum swings and people start believing the sky is falling. Stephen Harper lost in a landslide in 2015. Some people said it wasn't a landslide. Whatever. He he had a majority government and he, and he lost in the... Uh, Liberals got 187 seats, and then they they got a minority government after that. But at the time, it seemed like a landslide because of how badly uh, or how much the, the, the Liberals improved from the last election when they had like 23 seats. The Liberals will probably lose the next election, I believe that, and the Progressives will say the same thing, that the sky is falling and the country will be destroyed. But the problem isn't the pendulum, it's us. We need to stop being so hateful, so polarized, and stop screaming at each other. Alarmism never works, especially when you look at it in hindsight. So what I mean by that is when you take a look at how the transition and we have a revolving door in this country, much like the United States do between Democrats and Republicans, we have liberals and conservatives and we just go back and forth. And usually what happens is the following. One party stays in for a lot of years. The people get... um, regime fatigue, a scandal bruise, and instead of voting the next party in, we just vote the current party out. It happened with um, with Paul Martin. It happened with Stephen Harper. It happened with Justin Trudeau. Now, another thing that it does is it creates blind spots. Uh, blind spots to the corruption of your own party And blind spots to the way that we approach things where if someone criticizes someone that you like, instead of addressing the problem, you just point away from the criticism and towards the other party that you don't like. Here to help us unpack this is former political fixer, whistleblower, my friend. His name is David Wallace. David, how are you, buddy? Can't complain. Beautiful Sunday night. Yeah. It's like talking to fucking... A bunch of mannequins, isn't it? Sometimes, like, I I think people really have a hard time trying to ascertain exactly what politics really is, because it is not picking favorites. You're not supposed to pick favorites. I don't think partisanship is a good thing for anybody. Um, I'm looking at the convention that happened um, in Quebec City, and. As a as a as an observer, I gotta tell you, I think I think the conservatives got exactly what they wanted out of that convention. Mm-hmm. 
Do I think that'll mean there'll be a good government? No. I'm really tired of having to disclaim every comment I make, but whatever. That's the world that we live in. What did you think, and and what are your thoughts on that whole... I mean, we talk about this so much, but every time I tweet something new or you tweet something new, we see the same shit over and over again. Like, well, would you rather have Pierre Polyev talking about that stuff? And it's just like, you didn't actually address the thing that was happening, which is Trudeau is a very polarizing figure. Uh, he is not very well liked by a lot of the country. That That's not because a lot of the country is stupid or conservative. It's because... Um, people don't like to look under the hood of the party that they favor. What say you? It's unfortunate because this will, this attitude will all but guarantee a conservative majority government come next election. It's, uh, it's very unfortunate because uh, people are looking at things with uh, rose colored glasses. You can be a liberal, you can favor their platforms. And in this current environment, um, I mean, if I had to fall somewhere on the political spectrum, uh, I wouldn't know where to fall. I, I, I certainly feel that uh, liberal spirit in many ways, but uh, the problem is you cannot continue to pretend that there's nothing wrong. There's a reason that more than half of Canada have been out in the streets um, holding protests and fuck Trudeau stickers and, and signs. It's not because he's well-liked. Now, again, to clarify that statement, I'm not, I'm not claiming that I want to go out and hang the prime minister. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is there's a problem in the party, and the problem is very clear to see. We have a polarizing figure who is, um, at this stage, uh, a drag on the Liberal Party. It's just... Uh, just the way it is. It doesn't mean that I endorse that view that he should step down. What I'm saying is uh, looking at it clearly in the light of day, they have a bad image problem and you have voter fatigue. And those two conspiring together along with a little good old fashioned voter suppression smells like a big, big, big majority for Team Blue in 2025. I, I remember being in school and uh we were i think it was law class and in my my i'm not a professor i guess it's high school it was a teacher was ever or whatever was talking about if you really want to pride yourself at being informed on any given subject you should be able to have the intelligence to debate either side mm -hmm. uh, i i've always kept that with me i i agree with that so when i saw pierre polyev deliver this part of his speech I was looking at it through the lens of, you know, is the messaging that he's saying positive? No. And is, is how he's, well, I think what we're about to see was, and, and, is he, and, and is the message that he's delivering something that we can all sort of relate to? So I'm going to play it, and then we'll come back and take a look at it. You know, the most important job of any leader is to bring hope. Hope is what Canadians need now more than ever. Hope is something that you feel, but it's hard to picture it. So let me paint a picture for you of students laughing and walking down safe streets to class, the distant drumming of hammers driving nails through Canadian lumber into yet another beautiful new Canadian home, shopkeepers sweeping clean storefronts at the end of another day, waving to seniors heading home 
with a car full of groceries and change in their pockets. As daylight fades to night, kids are heard pleading for 10 more minutes of street hockey before bed, and then quiet. And a young couple sits on their front porch, soaking in the summer warmth. A Canadian flag hanging gently but proudly from the front of their house, with a cold drink in one hand and a paycheck in the other. They look into each other's eyes in a way that can only say, the hard work paid off. The sacrifices were worth it because, finally, we're home. Ladies and gentlemen. I think liberals should underestimate what ju- what we just saw at their own peril. Oh, they're that, fucked. Word Pardon my for, language. Word for word, that could have been a Justin Trudeau speech. That could have been a Barack Obama speech. And the thing is that, and you look at this, okay, we have Stone Child Creations doing a vomit emoji. Yep, you know what? You may not believe him, but that could have, that could have been a speech that was written by and delivered by Barack Obama or Justin Trudeau word for word. Absolutely. So, so that to me is the essence of the problem here is that we have people that are putting up vomit emojis for something where if their politicians said it, they'd be putting up um, heart emojis. Now, that means that out of all the problems that we see in politics, I personally believe that we are the biggest one of them all. Sure we are. Absolutely. Um the speech, it's hitting on all cylinders. And and keep in mind, people, the same people that write speeches, um, a lot of them aren't even party loyalists. They're, they're freelancers. They write for all sides. They're retained by whoever will pay them. They're mercenaries. It's a, it's a message that resonates with Canadians because, hey, let's face it, life has been hell the last three years. It's not been good. And that does, it wouldn't make a difference who was in charge. Um, we had a few external issues around the world, as people are well aware. It wouldn't have mattered. But these platitudes, they go down easy, and, and they're words we want to hear. But the real problem is none of it's true. And Justin will get up and, and, and give the same picture of hope. They're doing it from a position of dishonesty. Things won't be okay. They know the era of the half million dollar family home with a backyard and, and a neighborhood is gone and it's not coming back if people want to know the real truth where the money goes look at the major investors look at the price of lumber look at the price of raw materials that tells you exactly where we are heading economically and no one's honest enough to say that we're screwed right now and that's due to many different external and internal factors but this type of vibe that is going on within the conservative party is something that's been missing the past two election cycles yeah this guy and his team are hitting on those cylinders that they need to get those party loyalists out to vote and the rest of canadians who are somewhere in the middle are going to plug their nose and put this girdle wearing freak in office it's just going to happen I agree. Uh, I agree. It's going to happen, and uh, I think that uh, that thread of that uh, that tweet that I put up. Uh, I, I'm not going to put up comments in it, but this this one here, the one that I opened the show with. 
are hilarious. The comments are just hilarious to me. Like, like they're people are like, even when you ask them point blank, can you just not be partisan for a second and just like at least recognize? And they're just like, it doesn't compute. It's like an error happens in their head and like they're about to implode and the universe is about to suck them into another dimension because they would rather be sucked into the, another dimension than actually stop for a second and be like, you know what? Maybe Justin Trudeau isn't the guy I think he is. Um, maybe he had scandals that I ignored. Like it, 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 this all or nothing game that we have. It's impossible. It is why we have people like Pierre Polyev, who's about to be prime minister. I know that sounds almost uh, paradoxical, but it really isn't. If, we, if, if people were to demand policies instead of politicians, yes. if people would support policies instead of politicians, I think that like we'd be a lot better off. But, but, but if your guy has a scandal and you choose to willfully ignore it... Then you're you, an idiot. Not only are you an idiot... Where you are paving the ground for the guy that you hate even more to come in Absolutely. and take his place. And people don't Absolutely. get that. People don't understand that. No, they don't. And it, and it's very unfortunate in life we look for rooting interest. Now, I can quickly understand wanting to vote for the party that holds women's rights in the highest regards, that, that, that wants to ensure that any child, any child is accepted regardless of, of how they feel or any adult, anybody. Um, child care, dental benefits. These are all policies and, and, and platform points that are important to Canadians, all Canadians. However, fiscal responsibility is important too. And the money, the money is going to run out. So we have to weigh these things. But one thing that people need to understand is we're human beings, therefore we're fallible. And when I was hired to fix things, the same people who would pay me fixed problems they would come to people like me to fix problems for both sides. Look at Jagmeet Singh today complaining that, that homes need to be more affordable and the liberals and the conservatives are, they need to do something and that we need to return this. Well, Jagmeet, you've held the hammer. Yeah. This entire regime, you've held the hammer. You haven't done one goddamn thing. To say that you can't, buddy, you could tip this country into an election tomorrow. Therefore, you don't exercise the power you have to not the people's benefit. You're not benefiting the people, those who voted for you. You're not holding the government accountable. What you're doing is enabling. So you have no place to speak. And all three parties are playing a game to stay in power or to gain power. They're not for the people. Not one of them. Figure it out, guys. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I'm, And it's annoying. I, I've never heard a progressive person talk about how they've taken a look at an issue and they've evolved on it changed their mind looked at the nuance i've often seen moderates and like um moderate conservatives and centrists do that oh i've evolved on this issue i've said that recently i uh, i said that when it was when it came to um children who confide to their teachers that they want to use certain pronouns and then the teachers don't have to tell the parents it took me a while to really like understand that mostly because the messaging on the left fucking sucks it really sucks they just immediately go for well, you don't want them to commit suicide. And it's just like, you haven't actually said anything yet. You haven't made an argument yet. But then I realized that I have the type of relationship with my kids where they will tell me that. So the kids that don't want to tell their parents have parents that would probably come down on them, right? And, and, mm -hmm. and so I evolved on the issue because I looked at it from a different perspective. I have read so much about things like puberty blockers when it comes to gender identity. 
and and watching comments today from people who are just like they want children to kill themselves it's like there are a lot of there's a lot of data out there that shows um that that a lot of kids that took puberty blockers regret it when they get older and we ignore them as if they don't even exist but you can't even mention them because progressives will be like fucking nazi and it's just and we can't talk about any issue name an issue we cannot talk to each other about anything anymore and so people in the middle who sometimes like people like you and i who sometimes lean left on an issue sometimes lead slightly right on an issue i'm like you i think i lean more left on most issues um we're we're trying to have conversations but both sides are like and we can't have a conversation so not only do the polar opposites can't have a conversation but nobody can because everyone thinks that they have this self-righteousness this idea that they're on the right side of history and they're immovable as if every single time a person got a double mastectomy they didn't regret it later like every single one of them like they're all like you know living in paradise it's not like that guys it's a case-by-case basis and and i'm sorry there there are no real long-term studies on certain things like puberty blockers for kids that are like really really young it is a little frankensteinish to do that and i think it, it, you know and, and and to to have that conversation in good faith it's fucking impossible you can't i'm sure a comment is going to come up here any second that someone telling me of how wrong i am and and i'm like okay i guess sure if that's what you want to think has anyone even people don't look at the arguments that exist and the data that exists that um collapses their narrative they just refuse to and if they do look at it they'll be like oh well it was it's probably propaganda and, and it's just like no no it's not like you know it's just that not everything not every situation is exactly the same and the reason why i went back to that is because i think that is one of the issues that because we've never had a robust conversation about it one side was just like we know that every kid that says something we need to do exactly what that kid says and no one should have the right to tell that kid what to do you know the same kid that can't make decisions like stay up past 10 should be able to make a decision on whether or not they can become the, the other gen- the opposite gender and and that to me is where we is where our divide stiffens and cements and crystallizes and there's a whole bunch of issues like that and and Absolutely. i don't know what to do about it uh, because I, I i i think we're at the the point of no return you know the problem is people who are so sure that they stand on the right side of history um for some recent examples for some monuments and sports teams names that have been changed and all of our forefathers thought they were on the right side of history as well at one point people need to understand that it's uh, the filter that we view our times and history through is much different than our forefathers viewed it and our children will view things so I don't think it's ever a safe bet to believe you're standing on the right side of history. I definitely do lean more towards the left. Uh, fiscally, I lean strongly to the right. However, um, people need to understand, I'm no fan of this current government. It has dropped the ball and, and screwed the pooch on many occasions. There has been illegality throughout this uh, cabinet, whether people want to hear it or not. I'm not saying that it doesn't take place. On the other side, in fact, that's why I'm so concerned, because unfortunately, we're not dealing with a prospective conservative government due to the very nature of the people involved, such as Gerald Chapor, Pierre Polyev, uh, all of the people behind them. These are not conservatives. These are criminals. These are businessmen. These are extreme 
right-wing religious wing nuts, the vast majority, and the rest are profiteers. And speaking of profiteering, the one thing that really grinds me, and this is why I'll never be partisan, because all sides of the equation during the pandemic profited to enormous, enormous levels That's through right. sale of protective equipment, meaning masks, vaccine, drug precursors, and many, many ministers and many uh, critics, everybody own a piece of something. I could sit here and, and, and drag out paperwork of people we did business with who did business with those very people who are sitting in those buildings, either in power or opposition. These are bloodsuckers all around. But if I had to draw a line, if I had to draw a line and, and forgive the pun, God help us if this regressive, regressive pseudo party of conservatives are to take power. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. I, I'm just really I'm so frustrated with how people can't see why we actually are supposed to have the power, but we never exercise it. Nope. Um, and, and the hypocrisy that we have is really it, it's a key ingredient, too. Um, I remember when Justin Trudeau grew a beard and a bunch of conservatives were like pointing and laughing and saying, oh, he's trying to change a channel and distract and i'm just sitting at home going he fucking grew a beard like i don't i don't care and then Pierre probably have takes off his glasses and those same people that were like you know saying what the fuck is sir it's just a beard are like oh look at him he's changing his look you know he doesn't take off his and it's just like you are an idiot if you may and not only that people do makeovers all the time and by the way uh south of the border if trump did this he'd probably win the next election I'm not kidding. Just on that alone, I've just put a picture up for those on Spotify and uh, Apple with Trump with a shaved head, and he looks like a million times better. And he'll probably get the uh, Charlottesville voter vote as well. So, you know, you never know. But I, I, I'm really frustrated. I'm frustrated for a whole bunch of reasons today, the personal reasons uh, as well. But It's uh, always I, the worst of our society that rises to the top. I mean, honestly, you look around, there's just no inspiration. There's yeah. nobody who has not been touched by scandal, earned, well-earned. And instead of punishing the perpetrators, we play whataboutism and we look to degrees of criminality and then say, well, my guy isn't as filthy as your guy. Therefore, I feel he's a saint. I'm sorry, these people are not saints. They are for themselves. And that's why, why doesn't anybody ever ask themselves, why every politician at the top level is independently wealthy with no apparent reason to be so. Yeah, I know. It, it, it's crazy. I, I remember when Trudeau first took office, uh, I, and I voted for a liberal that election because uh, Nathaniel Erskine Smith was uh, the liberal candidate in my riding, and I, I, I sort of knew him. I talked to him. I worked on a campaign for a different liberal candidate, Um uh, when when he was running, uh, you know, just to see who would be the the liberal in that riding, and uh, and he told me that he would vote against his government before he was elected, and then he ended up doing it. So I was happy with that vote. But two things really bothered me about Trudeau uh, when he was first elected. One is that he totally broke his promise, and I and I don't, I know that there's a, a they a, all do, no, but there's a big word salad as to why he broke his promise on the last first past the post election. He could have done it if he wanted to. But he didn't. I have a, a thing with Douglas about this uh, story because 
Douglas has like a sort of behind the curtain process explanation as to why he didn't do it. And I'm just like, yeah, he could have done it, but he didn't. And then the other thing was the, um, he didn't cancel. He, he was a feminist. He ran on the fact that he was a feminist. And he said it so many times that I wanted to throw up. It's just like, we got it. You're a feminist because it's 2015. We get it, right? Like you like, you know, you want to give equal um, opportunities to women. Great. So why did you agree then, or, or why didn't you cancel the contract, which you could have quite easily, to Saudi Arabia, who then used the weapons contract, who then used those weapons, not only to like kill innocent people in Yemen, but to continue... Uh, abusing and oppressing women in your own country because and, they're hypocrites. I know they are, but All but of them. But, the, but if you're a Trudeau fan and you, that doesn't stop you in your tracks. And listen, it, the thing that it, the the thing about betrayal, right, is that betrayal it can only be defined as betrayal if it's done by an ally or a friend. So the fact that you don't feel betrayal by the one that you love as a as a leader when they do something heinous but instead excuse it, I mean, you're betraying yourself at that point. Absolutely. People lie to themselves every day. That's the principle that allows government to function. People's ability to self-deceive. When someone comes out and tells you they're a feminist and beats you over the head with it, um, it's because it's I'm a feminist uh, season, it seems. The whole Me Team movement, everything that moved through. I'm not a feminist. I'm a humanist. I believe that everybody is equal. No, I mean, we all get, may be gonna, different, but we can all fuck things up, and every start, one of us are equal. People are going to start calling you, you know, something <laughs> by saying you're not a feminist, you're a humanist. You know, I am a humanist. I believe I believe in giving everybody the exact same benefit of the doubt. I mean, we're all uniquely skilled in this life. We all have answers to questions that the others don't, and I think the entire division is sickening. The fact that we're still talking about feminism in the year 2023 really is a failure as us as a society. Why should women still be fighting for equal rights, equal pay? It's ridiculous. The fact that men are arguing the courts are slanted towards mothers and, and women, it's ridiculous. It's an entire systemic failure of our, our, our society that we're still having these squabbles. We're human beings. We're the same. It let me just say, and I, know, I, I know this from firsthand experience. When it comes to family law, women are like czars. Okay, <laughs> seriously. Well, listen. For many my, decades, my, 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 like my, my lawyer told me not too long ago. He's like, James, your 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 ex could be like caught by child services with a heroin needle in her arm while holding onto a baby, passed out in front of the TV with like uh with something burning on the stove and they probably still let her keep the kids but and to be fair james to be fair 40 years ago 50 years ago even 30 years ago a husband could come home and beat the shit out of his wife and the cops true. would show up and say oh you know she got mouthy oh let's have a beer that shit went on women were abused yeah. they were listen beaten, i, I, they were I agree with their that children stolen from i i understand it's the pendulum right it swings too far. It's it's, it's sort of the ways. pendulum. It's sort of the pendulum, and I agree with what you just said. But interestingly, it had nothing to do with it, with what I said. And what I'm saying to you is is that the these the and I'm not saying women have it better in society. I was just cherry picking one example of how ridiculous our system is as a whole, our justice as system, our po our political system. Yes. Um, voters 
and the way that we just give a pass to every look. Okay, listen. If it will make my viewers, because I think my viewers, uh, you know, tilt more slightly to the left, it will make them more comfortable. I'll talk about conservatives and how they do that all the time. About they how do it they, all the time. They about do. how Har how Harper racked up like two hundred billion dollars worth of debt, and they call themselves the fiscal managers and the and the monetary stewards of the country when the liberals just came off a decade of surpluses. Like they are, everyone is a hypocrite. So don't kid yourself. Yeah. SNC Lavalin was a scandal. Don't kid yourself. The vaccine procurement process was scandalous. Don't kill you. Don't kid yourself. And the less you spend time looking inward and trying to figure out how you can evolve, not just on any given issue, but the way that you communicate with the other side. If you're not actively trying to figure out ways to, to unify this country, we're fucked. We are fucked. And the problem is there is no conservative government. I mean, Stephen Harper has done a wonderful job in the past 20 years convincing people that the conservative party of Canada still still exists, is still walking around. It's not. It's a corpse. It was taken over by Preston Manning's merry lunatic men out west and in the prairies. And they have become a party which sponsors forced regime change around the world. OK, the IDU, Stephen Harper's IDU. Our conservative party of Canada now is nothing more than an extension of the IDU. These aren't conservatives. Hell, if there was a conservative party around to vote for, they'd get my vote, but we don't. We have People's Party of Canada, which is nothing more than an ego play by Max, and it's a party in name only. It's a superstar shine the light on me party. Then you've got the Conservative Party of Canada, which is really a fascist party of, of, of religious lunatics who all like to profiteer on things like pandemics. Uh, then we have the Liberal Party, which has been rife with corruption and one fuck up after the other. We have incidences of, of billionaires like James McRoberts peddling influence during the legalization of cannabis. We have money transfers going left and right. We have guys who are sitting in there who are currently spying for the fucking Chinese Communist Party. I know I used to use one of these fuckers and turn them over to Kirill Kalanin in Ottawa. We are fucked. People need to understand, if we don't get this partisan bullshit out of our brain, we're going down that river because there's nothing here to choose from. You can either go with getting screwed with a smile or getting screwed while you're told to pray on your knees. But one way or the other, you're getting it up the hoop. <laughs> on that note, David Wallace, thank you very much for joining me, man, and we'll talk soon. Tally ho Have a good one. That was David Wallace. I was an animated show, guys. We we're, were both a little uh, on edge a little bit. Um, I just came back from Washington, D.C., uh, and uh, I made a couple of announcements while I was gone. I'm going to do a show called Black Bald America coming soon because over the next year, um, we are going to watch the carnival act known as an American election cycle. And uh, I think it's important um, because it influences our politics so greatly. If you want to know why Pierre Polyev uh, and the convoy protests and everything such a massive let's face it for that side a success uh looks out to the border that was uh that was the trump effect uh 100 and um it's like that with liberals too that there was a lot of obama in in uh justin trudeau's initial campaign for prime minister so um black america keep an eye out for that and until next time we'll see you oh wait until then we'll see you next time on black Bold. thanks everybody black Bold. Black, 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 black
Mercedes Nickel, four-time Winter Olympian and host of Dropping In, a podcast with Mercedes. This is a podcast where I interview a bunch of different people. I get the good, the bad, and the ugly, as well as I share my stories along the way. Now you can drop in at droppingin.com or subscribe on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube. I'll see you soon. Kits. I'm your eager beaver. And I'm Mr. Grizzly. If you love politics or hate politics, then have we, we the perfect, perfect podcast for you. The True North Eager Beaver. Incisive political commentary. We keep you up to date and give you the political and media literacy you seek. To help you cut through the bovine fecal matter. Facts first. Sound analysis. Sometimes I growl. Sometimes I sass. We impart civics and build community. And we share some laughs along the way. Being informed and engaged has never been more fabulous. Or sexy. Catch us on, on the Dean Blundell, Blundell Network. Network. Or on our YouTube channel. Or wherever you get your podcasts. Because, because democracy, democracy is, is something, something you do. do.